Let's pretend that this isn't advice. And I'm Erin, and I'm not giving you advice. It's it's not advice. I can't help myself <laughs> give advice. I don't mean to. I don't want to. I want you to be able to live your life, but I know how to do it. I'm a huge know-it-all, and this is where I practice not giving advice to people. Except I totally give advice to them. I'm a lawyer turned professional certified coach, and I just happen to give the best advice. But this is a podcast, not a coaching session, so I obviously don't do that here, except I do. This is not advice with Erin Conlon, your know-it-all lawyer coach friend. This is not advice. Hello friends, on this episode of This Is Not Advice, I have Winslow Domain. Winslow is an artist, an illustrator, a comedian, uh, just an all-around freaking creative being who won't stop creating. We talk about that (laughs) a lot. We talk about using um, work as a way to avoid compulsive or impulsive destructive behavior. We talk about why slow down. We talk about so many things, incels and anger and the broad spectrum of emotion and um, really what it means to be an outsider or feel like an outsider and why do what we do. Anyway, I love this conversation with Winslow and I think that you will too. Please check out Winslow's page and his Instagram and support the crap out of his art. Have a great day. Uh, Oh, and you know, if you want me to answer any of your questions or uh, you have a topic for me to address on one of my mini episodes, hit me up, Aaron at AaronConlin.com. Take excellent care of yourselves, my friends. Hi, Winslow. Hi, Aaron. Thank you so much for being on this show. I'm really excited to talk with you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. This is a this is a pretty crazy day, but I structured it all around um, being able to talk with you. So this is going to be fun. Hey, that's a huge compliment. Thank you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, why is it so crazy? What's going on? Well, um, the past three weekends, I've been going to uh, different like trade shows. Uh, two of them were the Oddities and Curiosities uh, Expo, which is like a big... Uh, taxidermy, morbid art, um, weird vintage uh, expo. And that was in Minneapolis and then in Milwaukee. And then I did a big like pop culture Comic-Con thing where I have a table there. And then today is my one day home. And tomorrow I'm going to uh, go on a comedy tour for a month. And then I come home, do another trade show, record a half hour. And then I do more trade shows and, and, uh, you know, taxidermy shows for the rest of, I mean, until like August at least. And then I go on another tour in October. So. Oh my gosh. That's so, that's so much. Yeah, it, it is. Um, <laughs> I, I, I tend to go hard. <laughs> um, really? You yeah. don't say. Hey, <laughs> I, I, there's, there's a few things that I've, I've always just kind of taken for granted about myself. And, you know, you, you learn so much about yourself when you see how other people live, right? I was just hanging out with my friend Rudy. We were talking about lifting weights and getting in shape and stuff like that. And he said, oh, yeah, but like the hardest part about it is having to eat the same thing every day. 
And I'm like, oh, buddy, I could eat. If you just gave me like a flavorless cube that had everything I need, I could eat that every day, right? I don't pursue pleasure in food, right? And so I, I've, I've realized that about myself. I can just get by on eating the same thing every day and also uh, in massively just overbooking myself and, and pushing myself extremely hard. You know, I, I uh, yeah. there's different ways that people find stimulation and I have a very muted experience of stimulation and of pleasure. So really going over the top and um, booking the hell out of myself, you know, multiple shows a night and um, at least, at least on, on the road, people don't book me in Chicago, but on the road, uh, you know, I can get all these shows lined up and then come home and then refill my car, hit the road again, refill my car, da, 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 and just keep going. You know, what do you think that is? Like what, um, what, what like what causes you to need to go so hard? <laughs> to, to, forgive me, Father, but I must go all out. Um, <laughs> uh, I go. I well, one it it is the diminished experience of pleasure. Um, the diminished experience of of uh, of all things, you know, I, I tend to run pretty intense. It's same thing with my music, with the art that I look at. Um, I, I need things to be really intense to really hit me. Um, and I also uh, constantly feel like I am the little brother of the world, that I mm. don't necessarily belong, that I'm kind of tugging at the pant leg of the world, um, trying to get noticed, trying to be seen and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I do have, you know, a certain degree of my own quantifiable success, but, um, a lot of it feels, you know, very, very muted, you know? So yeah, I, I need to, I, I want to be great. Not because I, Winslow Domain, want to see my name carved into a mountain, but because then, only then, will I feel like I am okay or good even, you know? I actually do deeply, deeply know what that Yeah, I mean, you're, like. you're doing a lot too, right? <laughs> well, I think, well, first of all, why don't you tell people what you're up to? Like at the trade shows, on your comedy tour, yeah. I know what you're up to, but maybe not everyone and- listening does. This is this is actually something that I've been thinking a lot about recently. Um, I just uh, wrote a little thing about it as like a, an announcement of the beginning of the tour. Um, at trade shows, I am uh, I am a designer of a lot of different things. I do the big thing that I made was um, I made a very 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 elaborate um, deck of tarot cards. Um, I am now on the third edition of it. It is like my flagship thing that I've made. It's a 100 card silver trimmed deck. I drew everything by hand, front and back. Um, and I also you know, designed the packaging and then every single card has a short story. 
And so it comes with a full book of stories and lore, and it's all tied together into one grand universe um, set during the final days of an infertility apocalypse. So it's this that big That is so nightmare, freaking cool. Right? <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then the other stuff I do is I make silly bumper stickers. Um, <laughs> so I have, um, you know, half of my table, literally I have on the far end, I have a child's casket that is filled with prints. And then I have all of my tarot decks and stuff that you can look through. And uh-huh. then in the middle, I have, um, I make three different types of water bottles. They have, um, you've, you might've seen them. Originally, I have this black cylinder that has a little tea basket built in that just says cremated remains on it. So <laughs> it, uh, it, it, it's very much designed to look like, um, like a, well, obviously like an urn of cremated remains, but um, the logo for it is taken uh, very, I took a lot of inspiration from the actual logo used by the postal service. Um, If you're shipping cremated remains, that's where I got it. Um, I have the big white bottle that just says come on it. Um, Gross. (laughs) Yeah. Those sell like crazy. Uh, The hornier the show, the hornier the city. My God, they, they, they move. And then uh, the most recent thing is I sell a little yellow bottle. That's like a Gatorade bottle that just says piss and like a military stencil on it. Um, And like, this is not even necessarily my sense of humor. But I get a kick out of the fact that, you know, that that I have been able to take something that is so grotesque and bizarre and make it so successful, you know. And then I do the the pins and stickers and stuff like that. Um, I have a bumper sticker that says, honk, if you live in fear of what you have become. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like you should yeah. take that to law schools. Yeah. You know what? I do a lot of work with like funeral home people. Um, Mm. They love my stuff. I did just get uh, these. Unfortunately, I don't know when this will air, but these might not be available for a little bit. But I did just get in the mail uh, my newest sticker, (laughs) which is um, it's like an olive drab with yellow, a big yellow star on it. So it looks like a military like recruitment sticker. And it just says, proud parent of a small, delicate boy who cries at the slightest touch. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm driving around all the time and I, um, I just see these very serious stickers and everything that exists more than once is a format. And formats exist to be manipulated. Right. And... Um, that's why I, I, I want to do, I do every, like I, I, I made enamel pins um, after, well, to pull it back even further, I saw tarot decks and um, I thought that the, they were very, very pretty. You know, I saw the James Eads Prisma or Prismatic Visions. I can't remember what he called it. Tarot deck. Um, and it's, superbly designed, very beautiful work. Uh, It is very, very, very pretty. Mm -hmm. And to me, pretty has always been something on the other side where I'm not allowed to go. Um, Neat, orderly, tidy, pretty, um, holy. All of those things were things that I was, I, I always felt like I did not belong there. And so whenever I see something that is pretty and um, 
and and put together very nice. I think um, what will what would happen if I put in the same amount or greater effort into making something terrifying, into making something very very intense, you know. Um, and so that's kind of what I did with my tarot deck, and that's what I'm doing with my my next projects and and stuff like that. Is I just want to I want to show that the ugly and the obscene can still be a thoughtful, orderly, crafted object. You know. Yeah. Well, in that, what I hear is. You know, what's the point of art? Mm -hmm. Like the underlying question that you're asking yourself is what's the point of art? If art is for beauty only, then of course you don't belong. Right. But if art is actually to elicit a response in somebody or to showcase talent or to cultivate a world. Right. Or to share your inner world or to invite people into your world. Like art can be for many things. Mm-hmm. I I like I get into my own head about a lot of that stuff because like there is this I I I, I might not be able to explain this too, too well, but there is this kind of thing where. Um, you know how, uh, and I'm not at all drawing a comparison between myself and this group, but you know how in the world of like incels, there's all this hatred of, of beautiful women, of men and women, right? Um, I don't know anything about the world of I don't of know incels, anything about but... incels. Fascinating uh, bunch of dorks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's this uh, rage against everything that is... Um, everything that is beautiful uh, because they themselves are not beautiful. You know, they, they are so mad at women who are too hot for them and turn them down. They're also very mad at men that they call chads that they, um, you know, they think, well, I'm never going to have a six pack. I'm never going to look great. Uh, They call it being black pilled um, where it's basically, it's like this nihilism that you, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. It's, it's a very, it's very interesting um, world that has existed I think a lot longer than, than the name has. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's just self-hatred. People it is have self-hatred. themselves for a very long time. It's, it's self-hatred, but it's been, um, kind of given form and, uh, kind mm-hmm. of memified to the point where like now there's like a glossary of terms. Right. Right. Um, well, and there's a community where, yes. where people can go to be like, oh, look how we hate ourselves together, which mm-hmm. means we're right about how we hate ourselves. Right. And you can see that radicalization uh, in, in real time. If you go to there's a lot of different like places on subreddit or uh, on Reddit, subreddits on, on Reddit, um, uh-huh. where it is just like, you know, some teenager who has there's like whole places for just like just hating fat people or just hating one group of people. And like, you'll go there and you just get radicalized down deeper and deeper into the hole. But that this, Ugh. this is broadly besides the point of what I'm saying. Um, okay. But I, I just feel 
sometimes uh, like this resentment for like the classically trained art of the world, mm-hmm. not necessarily the artists, you know, this, the people that make it, but I just have always felt so much of an outsider to the, to the collected world. Um, but I, I, I'm just trying to make peace with the fact that what I make is true to me and it might not be this, you know, aesthetically beautiful thing. It is going to be something that I like and that, that, that appeals to me at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. Well, I know very little about the art world. My friend Suzanne did this painting behind me. She Mm -hmm. is an also untrained artist. She like taught herself and, um, what I know about art is like performance art. What we did in comedy and it's all self-created and and this idea of like who gets to be in and who gets to be out is one of those things that I don't know. I always push against anyway. Yeah. What's, what does it mean to be in anyway? If you're selling things, you're successful. People are buying into what you're saying. It is, um, it is hard to turn off the the hunger mm-hmm. um, for always something more. You know, one of the artists that I work with regularly has um, has has a lot of issues with the fact that, like, even though her stuff is absolutely technically brilliant, um, people have a hard time connecting with it it seems because it it is so so put together and so gorgeous that it can be kind of like intimidating i think mm-hmm. and on the other end i'm selling bumper stickers and bottles that say come on them and those sell well but they're also like i am this is candy and candy versus her selling like a three course meal. You know what I mean? I do. And then there's, you know, people, there's Godiva, right? Like that's right. super right, fancy right, right. candy and there's artists in candy and there's, you know, like if you're, if you're playing a game of comparison, anytime you play a game of comparison, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Because you are put, pitting yourself against something or someone else, and their rules are not yours. You know, I I think that they're uh, on a grand scheme scale, rather. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, the comparison game is you know you compare and despair always, um, but I do think that if you take a, a truer inventory of what it is that you do you might find that other people um they might have you beat in one capacity or another but what you do is is very very unique right so like there's this artist at the most recent trade show that i did that was i mean superb talent incredibly beautiful work um and I was very jealous of the fact that they, they have a mastery of anatomy and, um, you know, part of 
being somebody who can draw a full full image is knowledge of foreground background and how to draw every individual thing within mm -hmm. the image so if you have a picture of you know somebody surrounded by farm animals you have to figure out the anatomy of every farm animal and right oh my god that takes so much time to to Man, to just draw a horse, <laughs> it takes so much time. <laughs> you know, horses are a baffling thing. I, I you know, one, I had to draw some of the, I had to draw a Leo card for my tarot deck. Um, and just, I have draft after draft after draft of, of me just failing to draw what a lion looks like, you know? <laughs> um, and so a superb talent on display, but didn't make me laugh. And so I am right. And then I go over to my stand and it's like, yes, the, the amount of effort that I put into my art is, um, not as great. You know, this, this, this other person clearly spends an enormous amount of time pouring over details in their work. And my mind does not allow me to do that because I am constantly thinking of jokes. And then when I'm trying to think of jokes, I'm trying, I end up thinking about more serious things. And so like, I am doing a lot more of different things and it is not, it's, it's not saying like this loser over here just knows how to draw things pretty. I'm saying they're spectacular. They're so good. I'm doing something that is broadly different. It's not even right. apples and oranges. You know what I mean? We're literally comparing fine art to like truck nuts <laughs> and say what you will about truck nuts. Both of the dudes that invented them are millionaires. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there, there's a certain well, certain glory in that, I guess. Well, it's not, It's less about, like, how much money are you making? And it's more about <laughs> money's just a measure in some respects, like a, me a measure of impact, a measure of connection, a measure of whatever. Right. But really what we started talking about was that hunger. Are you satiating that internal drive that you have so to create when I, I should, I should clarify when I say like that guy, you know, the truck nuts guys are millionaires and that, that makes them cool. No, they're both dickheads. Um, but you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm no, not no, no, actually, no, for sure. um, I love money and it's a measure of something else. It's not, I, it's, it's not a thing on its own. Genuinely don't think about the money too much because really? I can tell you that, I mean, on taken on a whole, like, yeah, the money that I have made from art is fantastic. It's great. Um, I also give a lot of it away, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so what I, what I can say is that when you go to these shows, um, the trade shows, you'll walk through the aisles and you'll see people charging 20 30 sometimes even more for a print of their drawing and they're not like even a numbered series they're just a pretty high quality print of their drawing that they're charging so much money for and you know what do whatever you want that's great if that's that's what you want to charge that's fantastic my whole thing is like i was a young disaffected kid and I was broke out of my mind. I was completely broke and completely miserable. And I was living in a world that was very not 
I was growing up in a country that prized, you know, being nice and clean and Christian above all things. Um, and so I aim my prices so that the weird kids get something too. Yeah. You know, so I'm charging, you know, you know, a, a third of what everybody else is charging. Because I, I, well, I don't want to make the money. I want to have as many people walking out of this store with a little piece of me as they can. How does it for you knowing that there's so many people out there with a little piece of you? What is uh, that like? You know, um, for the, for like the pins and stickers and stuff, that's fun. You know, it, it's just cool knowing that, that, that it spoke to somebody. Cause a lot of my stuff is based off of heartbreak and, and, extreme negative feelings and stuff like that. And so it is, it is always a little reassuring when there's somebody else out there who's like, wow, I felt like garbage too. And I, you know, your mm-hmm. work about feeling like garbage speaks to me. That's great. Um, so I get that. Yeah. That's cool. It, with the tarot deck, it's a little more, um, a little more of a charged thing because, uh, I, I just get more out of the the huge scale of mm-hmm. you know it's a hundred drawings and it's a whole book that I wrote and I in in everything else it's just like jokes and gags in the tarot deck I, I explicitly talk about where this thing came from and why I made the thing that I made stuff like that so that's cool um, but as with everything I don't if I have laurels, I don't know enough about them to rest on them. You know what I mean? I, I put out the tarot deck and I immediately, um, started work on the next thing, you know? So I, I'm always trying to push forward a little bit, um, earlier than what other people might, (laughs) but. Well, is it really uncomfortable for you to rest? You know, uh, <laughs> it is, I would say so, yeah. Because, I mean, hence the name of, of the tarot deck, you know, and the card game mm-hmm. too, because it's called the Tarot Restless. And the card game is at least tentatively called the Restless um, because so much of it was fueled out of a period of time where I was so so deeply uncomfortable with um with myself with having slowed down with with everything you know and also heartbreak and and personal tragedy and things like that that slowing down was this um was just way too much to ask of me you know yeah i can imagine you know there's something about um i've slowed down a lot and you know in the past three years, one, the pandemic made me Two, I don't have three jobs anymore. Uh Three, you know, I have, I was burning out. I was just doing too much and I was burning out and my actual well being was going to hell. Um, and it wasn't for me, I wasn't as effective as I used to be, uh, because there was, a time where me being busy was a way to be effective. Mm -hmm. And then there was a time where me being busy was a way for me to avoid 
how crappy I felt about myself. Um, what do you, how do you know if you're burning out? Scientifically or personally? You. <laughs> Both. <laughs> just, just you. I mean, for you, what does burnout look like to you? For me, burnout looks like um, irritability. I'm really, really irritable. Mm-hmm. And uh, things that are really easy to do normally or that I like to do normally, like making dinner, are impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, executive functioning things that like at a certain point, you know, I just stop making certain it's not that I stop making decisions. It's that like, I just make the same decision over and over and over again. So rather than come up with like, you know, a bunch of different meals for the week, I'll just eat the same thing. That's what burnout looks like for me. Burnout also looks like, um, my emotional bandwidth Mm -hmm. is narrower. So it's not that I am more sad or more happy. It's that I'm more dead. I don't have that range of emotion that I normally do. That sounds like how I felt for the past four years. <laughs> like, A little burnt out? I mean, like I eat the same thing every day. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not emotionally stunted at all, um, but I do have um, kind of a, a muted emotional effect. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, irritable. I think I'm, I'm getting better on that. I mean, the name of my comedy tour is um, kind of a, a, a gag on the fact that I have been, I am, and, and uh, MC Lightsey, who I'm going on tour with, um, because we are so work driven. Um, we have naturally, you know, we butt heads with other people. Um, and so we, we called it the kind and reasonable men tour because it is, it is our, <laughs> our protests to the world saying, no, we are actually very kind and reasonable. We just have to get things done. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, it, it, I don't know how I feel about any of that. Cause I, I feel like I've, manage to find a a resting spot in in the uh, like a a, a, the penumbra of burnout you know the outermost ring of it where i you know obviously my body would begin to degrade if i push myself even harder um but my mind i feel and this might not be true would um not I, I just don't know how well i would do in a state of of lesser activity i think the fear of slowing down is way more terrifying than actually slowing down yeah i mean what i go ahead Oh, what I was going to say is what I've noticed is that it's not that I do any less. It's that I'm just more intentional about how I do what I'm doing. 
So instead of doing 20 things at once, I'm doing one thing at a time. And it allows for greater presence and greater concentration and greater connection. And so from that place, my writing is better. My like creativity is better. My thoughtfulness is more, it's richer. Mm -hmm. And then my ADHD is not like, uh, 20 sentences in one sentence. Yeah. Where you're, yeah. I always imagine it like a, um, all the pressure is pressing you down and then you're actually Mm -hmm. kind of like spitting out of all the different holes in you, you know, all the different sides rather than just speaking from one thing. But yeah, it's kind of like a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. You know, your emotions are going to come out one way or the other. Right. The hotter it gets. Right. I just, with the, you know, established business of making goofy things and also making serious things and then writing for the stage and then I'm also on TikTok and then I'm doing Instagram stuff and blah, blah, blah. Um, Yes, that is a lot of demands, a lot of plates to spin. But... Mm -hmm. It does mean that I get every time I have an idea that I like, I can go, I can put that right here. I can do just this thing with it. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't have, you know, it, it. imagine if you're just not great at writing screenplays, but you have a legitimately great idea for one. What do you do with that idea? I just post them on Facebook now. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm just like, like, somebody do something with this. Yeah. It would be good. I don't feel like writing it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I I just, I want, I mean, that could be the end of the sentence, really. Um, I, I feel like the dopamine rush that I get is so from everything is Mm -hmm. so terribly muted and so um, reduced at all times that I just want to have um, more opportunities to get that slight burst that I can get. And that comes out of making things and it comes, you know, it, it is like this, um, edging process uh because you know part of making like that tarot deck was i didn't show people what it was gonna look like until it was 99 percent done um and you know the the other projects i'm doing now making a card game and like that there's i can't really show people and people want to see it they're very very um very visual when it comes to these things um they don't want to hear about it. They want to see it. Uh, and so it is depriving me of that, that rush, I guess. Maybe that's why the touring is so fun is because um, I get a chance to talk to people and show people that I, I really do exist every night. You know? Well, I think that's kind of the difficulty of being a writer or an artist in the mediums that you're in, right? Is the, 
on stage, you get that connection. You get that rush with your audience. Mm -hmm. But when you aren't on stage, when you're not performing as an artist, that connection is long, Mm -hmm. often far removed from the creation of the work. And not it it doesn't have that immediate immediacy to it right and so if you're chasing the connection if you're chasing that feeling of here's my impact on you it's going to be really hard to have that through a tarot deck that you made a year and a half ago i mean i do still enjoy showing it to people because every every weekend i get you know a thousand opportunities to show somebody for the first time this thing. Mm-hmm. You know? So it is still fresh in their eyes. Um, well, but sorry, maybe the better way to say it is a year and a half ago, you wouldn't have had that connection today. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're right. Um, I am, I'm, you know, pretty keenly jealous of the people whose um, whose lives and who, whose brains are such that they enjoy more so the process than the product. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, I'm sure you've you've met or interacted with people who like will passionately work on something and then you know just kind of file it away and not do anything with it. And to me, it's just like. I want to, I, I, the work that I do is very detail oriented and I'm so extremely anxious and, and, um, worried about whether or not I'm good enough, um, that the, the process of making things can be very fraught. Yeah. How do you like, do you quiet that good, not good enough voice or like, how do you work around or with that? You know, I, um, I think that the, how do I put it? A lot of my work is, is based around the idea that we should be rejecting the idea of, um, that happiness is the ultimate goal that we should all strive to be happy. Um, because happiness is this one feeling of, okay. of many feelings that we have, um, mm-hmm. throughout our day, we can have a lot of uh, different experiences. Some of them very f- profound, some of them very fleeting. Um, and with this in mind, I also, as a man have a lot of resentment for the conception that men are just, um, creatures of just rage and lust, right? That we have like these two modes. So I want to create things that, or, or have a, a, a process where I can use aspects of different emotions to kind of buoy me through more difficult times. And so... Mm there is an, uh, an aspect of ego and arrogance that is very rageful. Um, and there isn't like the antonym. Uh, well, it's, 
not necessarily an antonym, um, but when you are feeling very insignificant and very small and untalented, um, I think you can sometimes take a little sip of ego, look at the things that you have done and go, I am great and, and, and keep going on. And you can look at the things that are in your way and take a, a little sip of rage and go, I am not going to let these little things get in my fucking way. And I'm, I'm not saying like, be angry or, you know, be angry with, with people. Um, I mean, be angry with people if you want to be, if, if that is what will solve the problem. Sometimes you have to be angry with people. Um, but if the thing that's in your way is yourself, is um, uh, some sort of failure, some sort of lack of planning, just tap into the whatever emotion it is that you need in order to push through it. You know, use the entire palette of emotion, not just the ones that are, are um, nice and clean and, and friendly and fun. Totally. Well, and, you know, emotions, I like to say, are kind of like a rubber band. You will stretch – if you will only stretch in one direction – Mm-hmm. You're only you're not going to stretch at all, right? So you know, anger and and rage. If if you're not going to stretch your anger and rage, you're not going to stretch your joy. Yeah, and you're not going to stretch your sadness, and you're not going to stretch your frustration or your elation or your capacity to love. Mm-hmm. And what I hear you saying is like in this rich tapestry, how many colors do you want? Right. Why is it that, you know, of course, everybody wants to be happy. Everybody wants to experience joy. And then when a tragedy strikes, you know, it's common parlance to be like, you need to process, you need to feel your feelings, you need to feel your, um, your sorrow and and process your grief. And then Mm -hmm. when we're experiencing rage, um, or anger, it's the ultimate thing is, you need to get rid of it. You have to get rid of it. Rage is poison. Anger is poison. You have to get rid of it. It's like, no, not necessarily. No, you rage know. is appropriate. Rage, rage. <laughs> there is are tight. times when rage is appropriate. Absolutely. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like. Rage. I mean, not all the time. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I, you know, we're, we're not advocating drinking and driving here. At least I'm not Aaron. I don't know. Um, I, I'm not. <laughs> that's also not rageful. That's, that's, that's just. Right, it's right. It's not right, rageful right. behavior. It's um negligent. Yeah. But I think that like when you think about I, you know, a few times in my life I've realized that like, oh man, the past 3 days have gone by and I have not worked out. I have um been so depressed I can't even play video games I am just like rocking back and forth on my feet and no not talking to anybody nobody's talking to me I'm just wasting away and those are three days that are just 
gone to the void. They will never come back. My life will yeah. be gone. And that is just going to be a black mark on my, the record of my life of these, these three days that I pissed away. Mm-hmm. And I know that it wasn't because of a girlfriend or a heartbreak or whatever thing that happened, you know, um, it is because of a chemical reaction in my brain, which mm-hmm. is something that I can't control, which as with all things that I can't control is inherently bullshit. And so I I can tap into that little bit of rage and just go like, I need to get up out of this seat. I need to get out of bed because literally nothing else is going to save me, you know? And it's, 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 Well, rage also creates social change. Yeah, and it, it's the the language around rage is very diminutive and um, reduces a lot of very valuable things. Um, well, and we were also talking earlier about incels, right? So, right. like, I think what we're kind of dancing around here is the balance of collective rage and what it's being used for. Are you mm-hmm. using it to victimize yourself further? Right. And create a a society of victims, which is what it sounds like and what my very limited knowledge of incel culture is. It's just a society of victims where these young men believe that they don't have access to women and therefore don't have access to sexual gratification and therefore are victimized by the world. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's it's the state of being a permanent perpetual victim. Um, And then, you know, that that's. Ends and, up and with, yeah, right, and they're rageful because of that. Mm-hmm. But the being behind it is that they're victims, and what we're talking about is taking that anger and not being a victim of something, but using the anger to no longer be victimized, right, and go be in the world and take responsibility for the experience we want to have, right. Go be an artist. Go Make be less depressed. Yeah. Go work out. I mean, go do something. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that I would ever tell somebody to be less depressed, but um, I know what you mean. Well, <laughs> um, I would never tell anybody to be less depressed either. I, that is not a yeah. productive statement, nor is it actually a thing that is true. Yeah. Every day, yeah. I tell my muscles be big, and you know what? Not worked yet. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I think that failure to process emotions is um, true. It is a, a, a true bastard for a lot of um, a lot of our society. And like the thing about incels is, yes, the most vocal um, incels are these you know maladjusted, often straight white guys. Um, but it is there are. Um, uh, they call them fem cells or whatever. And so they're, they're cause the incel term was created by a woman and because she self-identified as involuntarily celibate and that was her whole thing. And she kind of created a, um, a social group um, to talk about these things with people. And uh, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, group therapy, so to speak. And, you know, what, what happens is, you know, the, the, the angry white guys take it and run with it. Um, 
and so like it, it, it naturally started uh, with somebody trying to process these feelings and then people mm-hmm. who refuse to process their feelings take it and run with it. You know what I mean? Well, well it also, this begs the question of what's the point of processing your feelings? What It's not just processing them. It's not just like turning it into craft cheese. It's right. like you take the feelings, you use some learning from it and you do something different next time or you like awareness is great except it doesn't change anything unless you apply the learning of it right and the same thing is true with your emotions like you're gonna always have experiences of sadness in your life you're always gonna have sadness and you're always going to have you know it's it's like if at any point in time you had to do a 100 meter dash like within the next 3 years you're going to have to run a marathon you don't know when you would practice off and on because you don't know when it's going to happen you know it's, it's like national guard stuff where you're like you're you know you're only there on the weekends or something like that i don't know how the national mm-hmm. guard works um but you know you need to have you need to, to constantly be brushing up with your ability to experience different things, you know, and that's, that's kind of the function of meditation in, in many ways is to um, make sure that the slate is clean and that you're able to, to process things as they happen so that, you know, these, you don't snap, you know, you're talking about it stretching the rubber bands of your emotions that, you know, life is full of small scale tragedies, small scale, um, rage inducing events. And you can ignore those, which is easy, super easy to just take the disappointment and go, not going to handle this. Then you just let them build up. And then eventually what happens is you snap or you, you snap. And and that's not to say, you know, you, you, you know, do something, you know, atrocious. It might just mean that it just crushes you for way longer than it would, uh, had you, you processed it normally. Totally. Well, I mean, I've, it happened to me when I lost my job as my first job as an attorney, I was, I was taken out Mm -hmm. like hardcore for, an ins- an unreasonable amount of time. Right. And part of it was that I didn't have that resilience of like coming back from adversity. I had been very good at everything I had done my entire life. And all of a sudden I was 27 years old and had a massive fucking failure. Yeah. And I, I didn't I, know how to relate to myself. I've, I uh, have known people and I've dated people who were, um, they could pick up anything and just be pretty, pretty damn good at it. And then the mm-hmm. minute that they had to be great or the minute that they found something that they couldn't be good at, they not just quit, but they, uh, they quit all the other things that they were already pretty good at. Because then Ooh. when you see like, you know, it, it's like, you know, you want to be an illustrator. I want to be a pen and ink guy, right? If I'm hanging out with, um, people who are pretty good at it that will inspire me. But if I'm hanging out with Gustav Dory, who's like the legend, 
I'm not going to want to do much, you know, if I can't be the, the very best, why should I try? Um, but if you, if you practice like channeling these emotions, you can actually, you can make the strides towards where you want to go. Or if you're hanging out with that person with that, you know what it's called when you can't be with uh, your inability to do something, it's called frustration tolerance. Mm. And kids with low frustration tolerance in their life tend to later on in life have like not a lot of resilience. And so teaching your kids to work through frustration is actually a skill. It's something that you're supposed to foster in young children. Um, Hmm. And I think that the culture of perfectionism and performance that we live in, in our society, especially in the society, the kind of society I grew up in, white, upper middle class, uh, educated, you know, yeah, performance-based, whatever. Yeah, higher. Not high, high society, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. <sighs> That frustration tolerance wasn't necessarily something that uh, what there was a lot of room for mm-hmm. because you had to perform. And so it's one of these things where, like, at the same time, I wish I had it. And now I have a ton of it because I did stand up for many years. You can't get on stage and not fail. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely. Like a, it's absolutely. a great way to learn that. And And it's a skill that, you know, once you start to develop it, weirdly, life gets better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, everything on the surface says that, like, accepting failures would mean that your life is full of failure. But that's not how that that works at all, you know? Because I know that had I gone to art school, had I had classical training i would have i would have had you know the ability to draw horses and to draw the animals that this other artist can um and it is you know specifically because of my restlessness and my loathing of taking a moment to work on myself that I have placed myself here. We're like, honey, the, the machine is going at full tilt, you know, I'm going on <laughs> tour. I have dates planned into like for the next couple years, I'm already like well into my next project. Um, mm-hmm. All of this is already moving. The idea that I would slow down even by a moment, to even like cancel a thing or to push back the delivery date of the next project so that I can learn is like anathema to me, you know, like it it would just be so, so difficult for me to do that. Well, I can't wait for that breakthrough for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, you know, you're going to call me and you're going to be like, Aaron, I need to take a break. How? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Because 
I know that on the other side there is some sort of revelation. Um, but right now, I... You tell me how... Right now, if I have an idea for a card mm-hmm. in my card game, say a mechanic or an illustration, I can go and add to it, thereby moving the percentage and, and, and adding something cool, adding something that I like, and not just pushing it closer towards completion, but making it a all-around better thing. Yeah. Um, how would not doing that help that you know what i mean like i'm i am working on it and so i don't see how sorry i don't think it's an either or i think it's all in your relationship too so it's not that you have to stop adding to your project or cancel your tour it's more like what's your relationship to adding things into your life why are you doing it What's the cause of you constantly being in this level of action? If it really is that you are creatively inspired and you want to get that inspiration down onto the onto the page, by all means, let that inspiration be memorialized. And if you're only doing it because you feel very much like you can't sit still, you need to sit still. Well, and that's the practice is knowing it's not what you're doing. It's yeah. why you're doing what you're doing. Is there no value in self-soothing? There's tons of value in self-soothing. What it's the why you're doing what you're doing. Just that's the awareness is like, it doesn't matter what you choose. It never matters what you choose. What matters is, why are you choosing what you're choosing and are you choosing it intentionally or are you choosing it from your automatic? So I used to, when I was anxious, shuffle a deck of playing cards Mm -hmm. Um, because it's a, it's a good feeling on the fingers, pushing them through. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did that for the longest time. And then what I started to do was I started to like, doodle and draw a lot and so i mean if i could get paid and not have to go into an office by shuffling a deck of cards that would be tight be all for it um i think like the the elephant in the room for this whole thing is like yes it is um a lovely idea to slow down and take things in a more measured way. Um, but I, the fact that I am doing, I've done like three shows over the past three weeks. And these are like big travel shows. You know what I mean? I've yeah. been home for a few days between them. Um, and then I'm going to go for a month and then there's more and more and more and more and more. That is why I am able to, live in a house yeah i mean live in an apartment i should say um and so like 
it is not only that I have to manage my own anxiety as I'm examining this world of uh, should I slow down or should I not? It is also like, okay, in, in the nicest way, you take this vacation, who's going to pay your rent? I'm not living well, paycheck I, to paycheck, but like. I, th- that's kind of the trick of all of it, right? Like whatever, that's what I mean by it's never, there's never necessarily a good or a bad or a right or a wrong choice. Sometimes the right choice is to do the work because yeah. it's more soothing to work and have the money coming in than it is to not work and try and relax when you're worried about how much money is not being made. Right. And it's more about it. Really what we're kind of talking about is not the right or wrongness of it or what, whether or not you're doing things that are good for yourself in terms of like instructionally, it is more about, Hey, you have these patterns. Everyone has patterns. And on the whole, are your patterns supporting you right now? Or is there something to take a look at? If there is, then what might be the small thing to shift? Might What might be the larger thing to shift? Is there a way for you to um, take a step back? And maybe do one thing at a time rather than do 10 things. And there might not actually be because you might need to do three things at once because that's how your brain works. Mm-hmm. It I, doesn't I, I'm inclined matter. To think it is, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, for the longest time before I um, discovered the miracle that is uh, overworking yourself, uh, <laughs> I was pretty big into self-harm um through a variety of different means uh you know i mean direct you know self-harm and also pretty anorexic and also lots of uh you know reckless endangerment kind of thing and all those things done for a thrill done to feel something because again uh, a muted emotional register um for everybody listening i'm not again not emotionally stunted I have a heart full of love, <laughs> but um, the muted emotional registers, my degree to which I can experience joy. Um, and well, you've also gotten your ass kicked pretty hard emotionally. Yeah, we haven't even gone into that. <laughs> That's which is funny. Well, we'll just leave it there yeah. because we're. we're <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. Um, and, and yeah, yeah. I just want to make um, the most out of my time. I want well, something to feel. Remember, in all of this, we're in these seasons of our life, and where you are now is where you are now, mm-hmm. and it's exactly where you need to be. And it might be where you are now will give you the space to be where you need to be in four years. And in four years, you're going to be like, I'm going to hang out at a cabin for four months. 
Yeah. You know, everybody that I talk to that's older than me says that like, yeah, I used to be like you pushing real hard. Um, and then I, You're, how old are you? I am 31. Mm-hmm. I think, I really do think that it's a byproduct. I think that in that, that, you know, 25 to 35 age range, it's normal to work really hard. Yeah. Hopefully my card game will be done by the time I'm 35 because I don't want to slow down. <laughs> I'm certain it will. I, I mean, knowing you, it'll be done next week. What are we, t- no. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, it is. It, it's five times as many cards as my tarot deck. So it's going to be, it's going to be so much work. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I do hope. Well, we're coming up on time. So mm-hmm. promo yourself. How can we support you? Um, well, I am uh, going on tour. And if you go to my Instagram at calculations, you can see a post um, where I posted the cities I'm going to be in. But um, I can, well, you know what? Here, I'll do this. Um, do you have a website? Because I'll just yes. put that in the, in the uh, link. WinslowDomain.com. Okay. And uh, I'll be in Columbus, Louisville, Bowling Green, Nashville, Atlanta, Charleston, Knoxville, Florence, Huntsville, Kansas City, and tentatively St. Louis. And that is for the Kind and Reasonable Men Tour. And then in That's this... A, that sounds like a good tour. Yeah, it'll be fun. There's multiple nights in a few of those cities. Um, and then uh, later in October, I will be... Uh, on a different tour that is yet to be formally announced. Um, if you just go to go to my Instagram, right? Uh, my name is mm-hmm. Calculations. The link in my bio is to my link tree, and that will take you to my website, my shop, everything that I make, my tarot deck, and all that. But it also has my Discord for my card game, where you can see everything about that. So awesome. it should all be there. Um. I ask this to everybody mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that this will be a fun answer for you. How will you know when you succeeded? You know, um, I had a long list of answers to this because you know, you're, you're <laughs> for sure not the first person to ask. Uh, for the longest time it was like, recognition from the artists that really inspired me Um, oh i like that and well one of those artists is is someone who i (laughs) do not want anything to do with anymore so okay um, well cross them cross that off the list um but another one did recognize me and did say very nice things about me and I was Mm. i mean i you know was completely thrilled out of my mind and i cried (laughs) um and I think it is always just going to be like recognition on a grander scale. I have uh, had the time of my life opening for big ass shows, um, big, big full theaters where I did my time and then the, the, the real comic goes out there and, you know, does their time. Um, and I want to do that. What does that, what does success mean to me? How will I know when I've succeeded? I mean, it's kind of a, it's impossible to say. 
because success is this malleable thing. It's, it's quicksilver. It runs through your fingers, but Mm -hmm. it is the, um, I think that the biggest success that I have in my future is, and this is a small one. It's going to be the moment that I'm at a trade show in a year or two, let's say two. And I can say, I'm Winslow. I made all these pins. I made all these stickers. I made all these bottles. This is my tarot deck. I made all 100 cards. I wrote the book. And this is my card game. I made everything for this. I wrote everything for it. And maybe in the future, I'll be able to say, and this is the novel that I wrote. This is the album that I released. I want to be someone with a, you know, my business card literally says Winslow Domain. I do all sorts of shit. Because <laughs> for the longest time, it said Winslow Domain, illustrator, comedian, da, 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 da. like who gives a shit? Everybody's a multi-instrumentalist. I do all sorts of shit. I love that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're already successful by that definition. Always more. <laughs> Never enough monster, just eating away at that little. <laughs> well, I appreciate the things that I have. Yeah, I know but, you do. You know, every once in a while I look down the ladder, but if I want to climb it, I got to look up. Fair enough. You know? Thank you so much for being a guest today. Of I was course. such a pleasure to talk with you. You're such a kind and gentle man. Kind and reasonable. Let the record state. Kind and reasonable. Sorry, man. kind and reasonable. <laughs> you are a kind and reasonable man who is going on tour to yes. places like Louisville and Huntsville and tentatively St. Louis. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. This Is Not Advice is brought to you by me, Erin Conlin. If you are interested in learning more about my coaching practice or how we might be able to work together, please visit erinconlin.com. This podcast would not have happened without production support from Cedar Cathedral Narrative Studio.